one thing about having a child with a disability is that you kind of cut to the chase. It's not like when you meet a, a new mom and you're like, I like her, do we have things in common? Do we, you know? So when you have a, a baby with Down syndrome and you meet a mom with Down syndrome, you're like, oh my God, we're like so mo almost instant best friends because we have so much to talk about. And and it's this common denominator that you instantly, there's there's no politics. There's no, you know, do, does she do the same things I do? That There's no, it's all about like, hey, we're in this together. Hello there. Welcome to Baby Bumps to Littles podcast. We're grateful you're taking the time to hang out with us in a supportive space to talk about all things from pregnancy to babies and caring for the little ones up to age six. There are so many different stages and everything changes so fast. So much of parenting is about taking care of your family. And this is also for taking care of you and helping to bring joy into your life. Consider us your best friends. No topic is off limits. We have conversations with amazing guests and experts about all the things we need to know from navigating your new life postpartum to protecting your peace. This podcast is about all topics from the pregnancy through to the kindergarten stage, including the secrets to a full night of sleep. Being a parent can be the most rewarding and beautiful experience, but is also super messy, stressful, overwhelming, and exhausting at times especially if you're sleep deprived. We're your friends and your community because we're on this journey together. It takes a village and we're here to remind you that we're never alone in parenting. We're with you through all the fields and to support you at every stage. Check out the Thriving Family Podcast where we handle topics for school-age kids and above. This podcast is made possible by amazing listeners like you and we provide new content on Wednesday every week. Follow us on Instagram at babybumpstolittles for daily reminders and fun ideas. Subscribe so you don't miss a beat, leave a review and share it with someone who needs to hear it. Let's get started creating the life we want. Today's episode is a snippet from an interview that we had with Suzanne. She is an author and she is an advocate for not just her son who was diagnosed with Down syndrome as a baby, but she has built a beautiful community to help support other parents. And this particular snippet is what she shares in relation to Owen, along with the rest of her family in terms of being an advocate for Owen and other children who have disabilities. And Barbara and I found this interview so incredibly helpful for educators as well as parents with children with Down syndrome and other disabilities. And for those of us who maybe aren't impacted directly, but have friends or loved ones with disabilities. So I really hope you share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit or enjoy it. So I'm going to just go back a minute to, to something you said, because I think it's something we wanted to bring up. You said Down syndrome parents. I'm a parent who has a child with Down syndrome. So it's not their only label. It's not my only label. I'm not a Down syndrome parent. I'm, a, I'm someone who has a son with Down syndrome. And just like my son, I say, I have a son with Down syndrome. So it, it's just a part of him. It's the extra chromosome, but it it's not his whole label. Like he's also an athlete, you know, he's a swimmer and he's a college student actually. <laughs> and so my son is 19 years old. And since he was born and young, little, I just always, I, we were shocked by the diagnosis. We didn't know until he was seven days old. And only through a blood test and nobody in the NICU, everyone was shocked because he didn't look, he didn't have a lot of the signs of it. He didn't have the look of it. And it was 
very shocking to me. And I actually have just finished a memoir about sort of my journey with my son. But one thing we always believed is when he was young is that we really felt that life was not going to be a special needs class. And we would have to figure out how we were going to manage to make him adhere to more being more typical than not. I don't know about you guys, but when I was growing up in Michigan, we were still just past the cusp of when people had put their, their children with Down syndrome into homes. I was the generation after that where you raise your son with Down syndrome or your child with Down syndrome. But I remember when I was first had him, I thought, I don't want him to be that kid that goes around hitting people hard on the back, yelling, hi, I'm, oh. And like, I just had a sense that my child can be just like other kids and he can be normalized like other kids and included like other kids. But it's up to me as a parent to define what that is and to push him in that direction. So when he was young, I was always like, no, that's not appropriate. No, you can't do that. Gentle, gentle, gentle. And in fact, I really believe that since we have gone the inclusion route, that inclusion begins from birth. And I think it's true of anyone, like any child even. Everyone has their quirks, everything, you know, but we want our kids to be a part of society and we want them to have a great life. And yes, we champion their individuality. But I think for my son, I wanted to make sure that he had every opportunity, just like any other kid, and just like his siblings would have as they came along. So even something as simple as potty training, I looked at the timeline, I listened to what the doctor said, and they all said, oh, they, he won't potty train until he's four or five, maybe six years old. And I was online researching and I thought, really? So I just wait? So I researched it and I found one woman who had written online about how she decided to potty train her daughter with Down syndrome at one and a half years old. And she was completely successful. So I came home with a little potty seat from Target and my son was 22 months old and he had been learning sign language. So he had about 30 signs and my husband looked at me, he's like, what are we doing? And I said, we're potty training him now. <laughs> and he didn't walk until he was two years old. So he was crawling. I put the potty seat in the bathroom and I said, we're going to teach him the sign for potty. Every time you have to go, put him on the toilet with you next to you, give him a book to read. Let's figure this out. So we taught him the sign for potty, which was this. And we, we put him on the toilet and he went and we're like, oh, that's so funny. Like, you know, that was probably just so random. So then, you know, about every three hours, I would say to him, potty, and we put him on the toilet, and he went. And literally within three days, he was potty trained. We'd see him doing this little sign, and we'd be like, get him to the toilet, and he went. And within a couple of weeks, he was potty trained through the night. Wow. Oh, <laughs> My yeah. mother-in-law doesn't believe, she's like, well, that that's that's not, you know, you know, all night, that's really bad for him. I'm like, well, kids learn to hold it all night, because- that's what you do when you body train. So for until he could walk, we had to literally put him on the toilet and we slept around a whole potty seat every time we went to a hotel or went to someone's house. 
but he was fully potty trained. What I love about this is it's such a perfect example of how you started and, you know, the doctors or whoever was like, oh, this isn't going to happen till then. But you were your son's own advocate. And we're like, no, we're going to try this. We're going to do our own thing and not follow the norms that have been. And so you just day one, you're like, I'm going to do what's what I feel is right. Cause you are the best. You are on the front lines, you know, your own kid and you're trying it and you're just doing different things, which I think is so important. The other thing is you have to, I mean, as we all know, cause we've potty trained all our kids, right? They get to a point where they get smarter than they, they, they think, Oh, how am I going to use this? Like my mom wants me to potty train. So how am I going <laughs> to use this as a, to my advantage? Because that's what happened with my daughter. We waited until she was three. Right. And then she was like, well, I'll only do it if, so I just realized, you know what, when we tra- trained him, it was purely physical for him. There wasn't any of the mental how can I use this to my advantage? Now, my kids with Down syndrome are super smart, but it's not in the way society wants them to be smart, right? In fact, they're actually, as I've watched my son grow up, they actually decide that they don't want to adhere to the way society wants them to be. And they're very stubborn about it. And I think sometimes I look at them and I think, yeah, you know what? I wish I could say, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to. So make me, and you can't because they're so stubborn and you're like, but how many times have we thought, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'd like to just do what I want to do right now, which is daydream, sit in my bed, you know, eat really good food. That's such a blessing. It is a blessing. Such a blessing. One thing about kids with Down syndrome is that they live in the moment. So It took him, my son, a really long time. And he still has a little bit of an issue with what day was yesterday? What what happened a week ago? It took him a long time to learn the days of the week. And why? Because he wasn't concerned about him. He didn't stress about tomorrow. And he wasn't anxious about what happened yesterday. In fact, he's, I said to him about six months ago, I said, Owen, are you jealous of anybody? And he said, jealous? What does that mean, mom? And I said, okay. And I said, well, do you like hate anybody? And he goes, why would I hate anyone? And I just thought, isn't that so interesting that they just, you know, I know people always say, oh, they have pure love. Well, they get angry sometimes, but not at anyone else. Like he actually will get, you know, mad at himself for being like, I should have done this this way. Or, but I feel like they live, there's so much about them living in a moment that I have learned so much about looking at him and saying, just breathe. You got to live in the moment. (laughs) I love that. As you talk about Owen, I'm thinking about how many other parents, especially in today's where there's just, you know, all of a sudden just different things that we're being more aware of where it's not fitting in that cookie cutter box, which hello, I mean, they're kids, they're growing, they're figuring it out. (laughs) And I think it's, you are meeting him where he's at and really appreciating the gifts that he has, which are amazing, like living in the moment and not blaming others and not being jealous. And yeah, like these amazing characteristics that I wish I had more of. Right. <laughs> and you know, it's it going back to the whole idea of inclusion. We did what we were advised to do by the school district and regional center, which I think every state has one. We did all the therapies. We did what they said. But when it came to school, and he was my first, so I didn't have any idea of what it was like raising other kids or having them in school. So 
we decided, okay, we'll do the special day class because we've been told by our teachers that they think this is the best for him, even though he had been in a preschool mix, which was 15 typical kids and five special needs kids, which was great for him. As soon as we put him in a special day class, suddenly he was coming home with behaviors he had never had before. He would roll around on the carpet. He was, he would, you know, disrupt people talking, singing out loud. He started biting. He started hitting things that to me was a red flag. He's hitting his sister, things that he had not done previous. And so it was a red flag for me that where is he learning these behaviors and why? And so I went and tried to observe his class, but you know, a lot of times they don't want you observing their class. And I realized that the makeup of his class was a higher percentage of kids with autism. So I started to realize, wow, he learns by visually watching other kids. What is the makeup of his day? Six hours he's in school with kids who have different behaviors than him. So what was he doing? He was learning those because that was his typical day. Mm -hmm. And he didn't learn to read. He was in kinder first and second is when we had him in special day class. You know, it's such a crucial time for kids to learn to read in first and second grade. And if he had been with typical kids, he would have watched them learning to read and probably picked it up sooner. I, I can't say for sure, but we decided by second grade, we were going to put him in our elementary school, our homeschool. And it was a battle, not a battle. We never had to fight for any of that, but they liked to dissuade parents from putting their kids with down syndrome in a asked to talk to the principal and so he's on the phone and I said hey I just want to introduce myself my son with down syndrome is going to be in your school this fall and he said and in second grade and he said well we don't have a special day class it's a, it starts at third grade and I said well we're not doing the special day class he's going to be fully included and he said oh okay and I said you know you might want to write my name down because I think you're going to get to know us really well and he's like well he's not my student yet we'll see how things go and I think with the, the education system, it was, if you can defer them somewhere else, but we ended up the day before school started, we showed up with his paperwork and his IEP and the receptionist was like, oh, so you have an IEP? And I said, yeah. And I pushed it over to her. I said, and he has Down syndrome. I'm re really excited about going here. And she said, hmm, I can't remember the last time there was a kid with Down syndrome in our school. And she'd been there a really long time. <laughs> so just for clarity then, so that I completely understand this, mm -hmm. if a child has Down syndrome, is that typically considered then a special need or am I getting that wrong? No, it is. Like there's different things you would have. Like there's the IEP, which is the individual education plan. And kids with an IEP are usually the kids that are, have access to special day classes, if that's what parents choose and or inclusion some school districts you have to fight for inclusion because they just don't offer it in his neighborhood and now there's another thing called least restrictive environment and that was what we used to say the least restrictive environment for him is his school that's literally a half a mile from our home put him in the school he was the only kid with down syndrome by fifth grade he got a standing ovation when he graduated from the fifth grade class like he really really made an impact on kids and in order to help with the inclusion, I mean, here we're coming into the school where most kids had never even known a kid with Down syndrome, right? 
and had certainly not been in school with one. Other parents, you know, you're on a lot of websites and you, you pick and choose what other parents do. So you kind of say, hmm, what can I do to help include, you know, make this a more seamless transition? Other parents have done like big picture books and spent a lot of money on that. And I just thought, you know what? I just want to keep it simple. So I cleared it with the principal and the teacher. So I wrote a letter to each parent and then I photocopied them and she distributed them to the parents. But it basically said, I just want to let you know my son is in class with your kid. And he, I don't know if you know, but he has Down syndrome. But And I explained it very um, simple. And I just said, it's an extra chromosome. So sometimes his speech might be a little, little hard to understand. And maybe he's a little, he can't do things as well as other kids can. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't like the same things your kids might like, like One Direction or Scooby-Doo. And he likes ice cream cream. And I said, he has two siblings, younger siblings. I said, I hope you could take a moment to talk to your child about what that means. And if you have any questions, just call me. And then I put in this essay called Welcome to Holland, which was written by a mother, a parent, a son with Down syndrome. And it's this beautiful essay, allegorical about how having a special needs child is like you're getting on a plane, you're going to Italy and you've talked about Italy, dreamed about Italy, you can't wait to go to Italy. And funny to me is that I did it second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And by fourth grade, when I sent the letter and the essay out, I came to pick my son up after school and I had all these beautiful little fourth graders coming up to me going, I love that essay. It was so nice. And I was like, oh, right. Fourth graders can read <laughs> because my son wasn't reading yet. <laughs> So they circumvented the, they read the letter and the essay and all these kids came up and they just thought it was fantastic. That's so beautiful. And we're so grateful that you've shared that letter with us. We'll put it in the show notes. So if anyone wants access to it, they can just click on the link and, and get that for sure, because it's so important for not just teachers to understand, but also other parents to understand. And I think you're right. Kids just kind of get it and they get it much more quickly, I think, than probably most adults. But one of the things that you've also mentioned in the past and that I love hearing about is you're not just a mentor or someone who's really built this beautiful community for your son and other children who have Down syndrome and other parents who have children with Down syndrome. You've built this beautiful community, but also you've mentored so many others, especially new parents who all of a sudden find out like you did your new baby has down syndrome well what does this mean and what do we do now right what are the next steps so I would love to hear more about the community you built so when I was when my son was two years old I realized I didn't have a community right I had my all my friends who had typical babies and there were about 10 of us that all had babies around the same time and mine had down syndrome right so I was, Owen was two years old. It was before I got pregnant with my daughter. And I just thought like, I need to meet other people who are going through the same thing. So I ended up meeting a couple other moms and I said, why don't you just come over? Let's talk about what we can do. Even if we never do any bigger group, like at least maybe we meet once a month, just because one thing about having a child with a disability is that you kind of cut to the chase. There's no... It's not like when you meet a, a new mom and you're like, I like her. Do we have things in common? Do we, you know? So when you have a, a baby with Down syndrome and you meet a mom with Down syndrome, you're like, oh my God, 
we're like so mo- almost instant best friends because we have so much to talk about and and it's this common denominator that you instantly there's there's no politics there's no you know do, does she do the same things I do that there's no it's all about like hey we're in this together and so what I did was I met with my girlfriends I said let's meet once a month bring a bottle of wine bring some food leave the babies at home let's just chat and that group widened to seven people and then the next month there was 10 and then it was 15 and we did this for five years once a month every Wednesday and then other parents would say let me host it I'd love to host it and we then there'd be another mom that would surface because she heard about this group so it was very organic so I, I wasn't a nonprofit. I didn't start an organization I just grew it because I needed that I needed my tribe I needed to find women who were in the same boat I was and what's funny is at some point I said, you know what, this is the coolest club I never wanted to join <laughs> because I didn't want to have a kid with Down syndrome, but I got into this club where the women were so cool. And so when I meet moms who have a baby with Down syndrome, I say, first of all, congratulations. And you just, you really have to make them feel like, yeah, my baby is beautiful. I have a baby, you know, I mean you did come home from the hospital with a baby. There's some parents that don't. And the other thing I say is welcome to the coolest club. You never wanted to join. (laughs) And then they kind of think about it and they go, Oh, (laughs) but then they start to meet other parents and my son, they're like, he's in college. And I think they almost fall over because they're like, really? Well, so it then, gives them so much hope mm-hmm. and they see that probably that he's older. They, it's like something they can gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So there's all these things, like even just thinking back things, your other kids will do easier, but you still have to teach them. I had to teach my son how to take a shower. Right. And then I had other parents of kids with Down syndrome going, my kid's 15 and he doesn't know how to take a shower. And I'm like, why not? Like, yeah, it's going to take longer to teach them, but when they can, it's great. You know, we have kids when your kids start becoming responsible for themselves. It's, it's nice. You get to unhook from that. So it may take them longer, but they can learn to do everything everyone else is doing. I love that you, I think that community is so awesome because I'm sure it feels isolating and alone when you don't have the typical anything outside of the typical people feel that way. I mean, no matter where in their life. And so to have them have that community and that connectedness and the depth, I'm like you said, there's no pretense. It's like, boom, we're in Mm -hmm. it. And this big thing in your life that you can connect on. I, I think that's amazing. Well, and not that when I had my other two typical children that I didn't love having a group, I started a play group for kids and my daughter Tess's age. Of course, know, but, <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> but the difference was that when I was a new parent and he was my first and I would be at parties with other parents who had typical kids and they would say their kid would be one and a half and walking and Owen's sitting there in the, in the baby group of the kids that have to just sit there. He wasn't even crawling. And they'd be like, oh, you know, you really don't want your kid walking because, you know, then you got to like baby proof your house and you run after him all the time and this and that. And I thought... That's the difference. I really do want him walking. Like I am so stinking jealous that your kid is walking because this is my first and only baby at this point. So 
to me, those were the kind of things that I'd smile and nod. And then I go home and cry because he still wouldn't walk until he was two. And now looking back, I think he did learn to do everything. But when it's your first baby and you want so badly for those milestones to happen and you watch other kids zooming ahead, it's just kind of heartbreaking. It's just like a little piece of your heart breaks again and again, you know? Now I think, you know, I, I'm just so lucky he's my kid. I'm so lucky I get to be around, be part of his world and be a character in his universe. Like he's just, he's got this amazing aura about him. And people really do think that. Like they, people will say, my oh, parents come say, he's really funny. And I'm like, yeah, if anyone took the time to sit with them and like, you know, I think there's our society has this sense of like, Ooh, they're different. Like walk around them. Don't interact with them. And that goes, that's true for any disability. Well, that's especially why I love your letter is because I think you're addressing it and saying these characteristics about him and explaining what it is, just that awareness, then it takes the fear out of it. And it's like, no, he's this, this, and this, like, yes, he has this, but here's all these other things. And here's just a picture into our world. That's why I love sharing this with so many people because the awareness is huge. And then the fear is taken out and then the inclusivity can be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Kids in those classes that were lucky enough to be with him learned compassion. They got a really fun, loving, funny guy. They could learn to appreciate what made him him, just like all the other kids in the class. And I just think that's awesome. Well, and that's where I feel like inclusion is so important when you have a child with Down syndrome specifically. I can't talk to any other disability because they're all different, right? But with kids with Down syndrome, they really thrive on watching other kids around them and watching, they memorize their mannerisms. So this is so funny. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> but what I remember taking my son to swimming because he swam for Special Olympics swim in Pasadena. So it was a 30 minute drive twice a week. And I'd get home, I'd have a long day at the office. I'd get home, I'd quickly put on my workout clothes because I could run the track while he swam. And we're in the car. And I said, oh, and did you bring your water? And he goes, oh, fuck. And I go, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, and he looks at me and he's in middle school. And I wanted to laugh because he said it so perfectly. Like any, like, you know, the middle school kids, it's like, they're so excited that they can swear because they're not around their parents. And, you know, all my kids said in middle school, everyone was swearing, right? Because it's new and it's exciting and you could do it. And I literally wanted to hug that kid and be like, you said it so great, just like a typical kid would. And it was in the, like in the, said in the correct context of like, oh, I forgot, right? <laughs> that is awesome. So they pick up, like kids with Down syndrome have this sense of um, visual memory. Okay. But when my son was nine years old, he, it was the year that One Direction played the Olympics, right? Michael Phelps, 2012, it was in London. And he loved One Direction. So we had pre-recorded the Olympic opening ceremony, but we also had recorded Michael Phelps swimming because he was such a big deal that everyone wanted to watch him swim. And so we sat on, you know, the, the parent fail. Oh, I got to work, watch TV. <laughs> so we sat him in front of the TV and he was watching One Direction. Well, then 
it reverted to the next one, which was Michael Phelps swimming. So he became fascinated by the swimming and he started, you know, the old TiVo, you could fast forward and rewind in slow motion. Day after day, hour after hour, he would rewind, fast forward, rewind, fast forward. We're like, wow, he's really into this swimming thing. So a couple of days later, it was during the summer. So we had gone to our neighbors to swim and he was nine and he still couldn't swim. And the other two, my other two kids were learning doggy paddle and they were on their way to swimming. And I said to Owen, Owen, when are you going to learn to swim? And he said, I can swim mom. I can swim like Michael Phelps. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. So he literally stepped into the pool, dove underwater, wriggled his little body, came up, did the butterfly, touched the wall and said, see, I can swim like Michael Phelps. And my neighbors are like, so have you had been lessons for a long time? And I said, I have never seen that. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. So that's sort of a superpower. Like that was his, like almost like a savant. Right. So yeah. we got him into swimming, Special Olympics. And his coach was like, so how long have you had him in, in swim lessons? And we're like, we haven't. She's like, he has a really good stroke. And I said, yeah, he learned that from watching Michael Phelps in slow motion. <laughs> you were saying with the kids in that other class where he was emulating their behavior mm-hmm. with your typical kids, he was being able to like learn the social graces and all that yes. other things from yeah oh I that's I had no idea that's yeah. amazing and so he went on when we moved to Westlake Village last year his teacher was like your swimming's really good you could make the swim team so we had him try out and he made the varsity swim team and he had this great season he wasn't the fastest but he learned how to dive he learned to do a flip turn part of a community a team and he was on a relay with four other three other seniors in season, he had to swim with varsity, even though he practiced with JV because he wasn't quite as fast. One day it was their last swim meet and he swam with these other three boys and they came in last and Owen was always like, um, he was the lead off. Afterwards, I went up to his other teammates and I said, Hey guys, I just want to tell you, thank you for like really embracing Owen. And I know, he, I know you guys always came in last cause he was on your team, but I just really appreciate it. And one of the kids, one of the kids goes, He's a really cool kid. We loved swimming with them. And another one said, you know what? I just had back surgery. So I'm coming back from that. We all swim our own race. We're all in our own place. And I just was like, thank you. <laughs> it was, awesome. so that is how kids affect other kids. Well, and those are the kids you want to raise is the kid mm-hmm. that sees Owen and says that. And I always say my goal is to raise a good human being. And that is just part of it and having compassion and awareness and just the depth of they're a human being and where, what type now, of human being are they? Now, I also went to the local paper and said, and by the way, this is the first kid who's ever made the swim team at Westlake High School with Down syndrome. Maybe you should do a story on him. So they did. <laughs> awesome. I feel like my role in being his mom, being chosen to be his mom is that my job is to let the world know how great these kids are. When I first had him and he was in the NICU for seven days and we were waiting for that blood test to come back because we had not done it. We did not do any testing with him because I did not want to make a choice. I decided I was pregnant with a child and he was going to be my child. And no matter what he was born with or how. And so I opted not to do any of the testing. And my husband, when I said to him, look, the doctor wants to know if we want to do testing because I'm 35 and 
I don't want to do it, but what do you think? And he said, you know, I don't think our child should have to pass or fail a test before they're born. So I don't want to do any testing either. And, you know, some people may be like, well, you were the unlucky ones, but at the end of the day, I was the lucky one. You know, what if we had tested? What if, you know, we had, I can't imagine my life without this kid. I think he has brought so much to the world and to people and just the first couple of weeks when we did find out, I can't tell you how many people said, I'm so sorry. As if my child had died. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the first year. And I finally was like, don't be sorry. Like I got to a point where I was like, don't be sorry. I have a cool kid. I still have to say it to people sometimes when I'm like, oh yeah, my oldest son has Down syndrome. I'm so sorry. Like why? He's the coolest kid I've ever met. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's about changing what people think. I mean, really, haven't we all, what is the biggest thing every parent, every mom is afraid of? Ooh, my son might be diagnosed with Down syndrome. Do you think we're like, ooh, maybe they might have autism one day? Well, I don't have to worry about that. It's Down syndrome. It's the test for Down syndrome, right? I mean, do we do a test to be like, ooh, what if they're going to be trans? I don't know if I want that. So let's, you see what I mean? Oh, totally. Totally. And I just love what a beacon you are for this big community of focusing on the awesome part of it and the gift that it is and what they can do. And Owen has been able to do so much. And that is amazing. And it is a lot due to you and pushing it and being like, yeah, okay, let's let him try. Let's treat this as it is. He's an awesome kid. And I just think that's, I mean, heck, I don't want to raise an asshole <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, and you're raising a really good human being that has like the best heart and is full of joy and positively affects those around him. So that is a huge success. And not to say that he's not just like my other two typical kids, not to say we didn't have a fight this morning because I was like, get out of bed. You have to go to college, get out of bed. I don't want to, I don't want to like, then I'm taking your phone. No, don't take my phone. And so I was like, fine, I'm not going to keep doing things for you to help you get into, to, you know, to help you with the next phase, because right now he's in a junior college and he wants to go to your university. And by the way, for any parents who have kids with disabilities, there's a website called thinkcollege.net, which is a, website that has all the information about overall there's about 130 colleges and universities around the country that offer college some residential live on campus some where you commute but it's for anyone who has a disability that only receives a certificate of completion from high school which is what my son received and I'm okay with that like I don't ever show anyone my high school diploma. Yeah, I have one. But at the end of the day, he can do so many other things. And for him, because he has so many typical friends that he met in grade school that he's still friends with, all of them are off to college this year. So he said, mom, I want to go to college. I said, well, then we'll make that happen. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us today. We know how many other things you could be doing, and it means the world to us that you're here. We hope you always get something valuable from our podcast and that you feel supported. If you have a question for us about our content or anything else, please leave it in your review of this podcast, or you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram. 
We're here for you. So let us know what topics would be helpful and that you're interested in. You can join our membership by clicking on the link in the show notes. You are never alone in parenting, and we're here to support you at every stage. If you know anyone that would be inspired or supported by this podcast, please share it with them. We provide content every week, so please subscribe wherever you're listening from. If you leave a review, you'll have the opportunity to win a gift that we absolutely love. We're so excited about this giveaway. We only introduce brands to our community that align with our values. And Barbara and I both love the Now Tone Therapy System. This yoga for your mind is one of the most simple ways to relax, relieve stress and anxiety. The creators recommend listening twice a day for only three minutes to receive these benefits or to listen as often as you like. And if you buy them, there's a risk-free three-month trial period. What we like best about Now Tone Therapy System is that it's something everyone can make time for. My family likes to listen first thing in the morning and at the end of each day. It's the easiest and most relaxing path to mindfulness daily. We'll link to this amazing product in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time.